0: that trick walk that trick walk
1: that trick walk that trick walk that trick Welcome to another edition of the Grizz Den Pod Brantley is here.
0: Hey, let's go. Ty is
1: also here
2: <laughs> I did not expect that at all
1: <laughs> We're glad you're with us. Um we are recording during the Grizzlies Clippers game tie. Get it together. The Grizzlies are up by 6 at halftime. Good vibes right here. If we were recording we're eight. oh eight sorry oh I I would rather be wrong that direction every day. Um we if we were recording this like last night, I don't think the vibes would be as good. Um, we're so
0: good we're gonna be so positive this yeah, episode. But be you great. caught us
1: you caught us at a good moment in time um, if you haven't joined us before welcome uh, follow us on social uh, particularly Twitter has been active recently at Grizzden on Twitter we like to chirp around um, Instagram at Grizz underscore den like to get in those mentions yeah Ty. Ty Smith Sr. has been prowling around. Uh, well,
2: nice to mention back, though. <laughs> it's unfortunate.
1: <laughs> We're going to work on that. Please come and reply mention to back. a tweet. Um, and you can go to grizzden.com for some uh, some awesome merch if you're interested in cool t-shirts, which I know you are. Um, guys, let's start with some news. Since we last spoke, the Grizzlies have a, uh, a player on their team that's actually playing now. And uh, Justice Winslow, who was officially acquired by the Grizzlies at this point in time one whole year ago, is now playing in his third game. Uh, The first two showings were not particularly inspiring, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, But he is so far playing pretty well in the Clippers game, playing within himself. Uh, locking down Kawhi Leonard. And uh, let's put a pin in that real quick. We'll come right back to it. But in injury news, we have Jaren still out. There is optimism that he could be back after the All-Star break, which is happening in a couple of weeks. And Killian Tilly, who hasn't seen much PT, if any, is still out with a foot. And then Jonte Porter was actually moved. To the Hustle, he's playing about 15 minutes per game down there. So, if you're interested in seeing Jonte play, uh, the Hustle plays at like 10 a.m. So, good luck. Uh, And then, Sean uh, Sean McDermott was assigned to the Hustle. And, uh, Grizzlies fans are probably alright with that. Um, Also, the other bit of news is John Morant was not selected to the All-Star game. Which, if you follow that closely at all, uh, that shouldn't come as much of a surprise given Morant's absence from a few games due to injury, as well as recent performance. He just didn't have the numbers compared to some of the other West reserves that actually got in. And some Grizz-adjacent news. Sadly, Mike Conley did not make the All-Star game either. Uh, Devin Booker was selected by the commissioner to replace an injured Anthony Davis, and I don't know if there are any other players on the roster that could potentially be uh, need a replacement. So, um, kind of sucks. Would have loved to see Conley get in. Uh, guys, were y'all at all surprised by any of the All Star news? We'll start there.
0: No, I wasn't. I don't. I think that. I think the only one that I was maybe wondering if if could drop off would be Chris Paul. But I think just because of the impact he's had on the Suns and where they're at that was the right move, at least from a Western Conference perspective. Yeah. What do you think, Ty? Yeah,
2: same. West made a lot of sense. Um, I was listening to some podcasts of people who know a lot more than me, and apparently the East had a lot of questionable calls. But I don't really understand All-Stars much. It just feels like if you're having, like, a crazy good year, you have a chance to make it. And also, if you're just, like, a superstar in the league, you're going to always – always make it kind of regardless um so it was cool to see Zach Levine make it and it was really cool to see Trey Young not make it
1: agreed that was my favorite part oh
2: yeah that was all I cared about
1: I thought it was uh deserved that Zion got in but it also hurt a little bit that he and Ja that he took that step forward um before Ja but if it's if it's anybody that's going to get in it's probably him just due to his popularity. Yeah, so, and his
2: stats are pretty they uh, are. stupid.
1: And especially after that Pelicans game, which we'll get to in a second here, mm-hmm. um, against the Grizz. So since we last spoke, the Grizzlies uh, have gone 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They won against the Hornets on February 10th, lost against the Lakers a couple of days later, won against the Kings on the 14th, Valentine's Day. Uh, and then we started uh, just kind of a depressing couple of days with, losing to the Pelicans by about 30. Uh, came back and beat two inferior opponents in the Thunder and the Pistons, lost to the suns again in kind of a depressing fashion. And then the Mavs game a couple of or a few nights ago was was only a 10 point game in the final box score, but it did not feel like merely a 10 point game. Um, most notably though, uh, let's start here. Justice Winslow's back. Uh, mentioned at the top. he's playing pretty well so far in the first half against the Clippers. However, what have you guys seen that has stuck out to you about Justice Winslow's performances so far?
2: Uh, I think he's moving well. He looks active, that's for sure. Um, I think offensively, especially against Phoenix, a lot of other people have mentioned this too. so this isn't an original thought, but we sat a bunch of people. We only had nine active players on the roster, and two of those... Three of those were Gorgie, who's not playing, um, Sean McDermott, who just got sent down, and Conchar, who's also been a few DNPs. That So that was included in the nine that we had, right? So it seemed like we brought Justice back to that game with a very low pressure. Just get in there, move around, run around, guard Devin Booker, body him up, play physical defense, get some shots up, see how it feels. Um, and his, I mean, his shot has looked really, really bad, to be honest with you. No sugarcoating that. Um, uh, but that's kind of to be expected when you haven't played in, you know, over a year of an NBA game. And he's not, I think I want to talk about this at some point. We don't have to get into it now, but just who Justice is in general. He's never been like a go to score. Yeah, let's get, any let's get into means. it. You want to yeah. talk about it now? Yeah, let's do it. Um, and I think I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm guilty of this, too, is when we signed him, I just viewed, honestly, because we had played the Heat the very first game of the season last year, and he put up 27, like, 7-5, and five, and he looked like the best player on the floor. And that was my, like, kind of lasting impression when we signed him of, like, oh, my gosh, who the heck is this guy? And that's not, like, a – that's not a normal game for Justice. I looked up some of his, like, career stats, his high in a game – of his entire career is 28, which is still, uh, that's a lot of points. But, like, even Jaws had 44. Jaren's had, like, 45. Like, there's a lot of guys that have a high of at least, like, 30. So, Justice, his strong suit isn't scoring the ball. It isn't maybe on offense at all. It's kind of like this do-it-all guy, like your glorified glue guy. Brantley, we were talking before the pod, is basically, like, He kind of compared him to Tony Allen, not in game style, not in like the way they play, but almost like their role of a really good team. They're the fourth to fifth guy on a really good team that's going to play their role and contribute properly. And I think Justice is like a really smart player, and I think he will eventually become that guy, but I don't think he'll ever be like this offensive hub or this offensive scorer. He may play make some. That's the beauty of his game, so he can do a little bit of everything, but I think we need to kind of pump the brakes to the fact that he's missing some shots because that's never been a strong suit of his anyway. What do, what do y'all think? I like about
1: that comp, that? Brantley. Uh TA kind of a defender slasher type. I like him. Yeah.
0: It. I think that th- the way that you knew TA was always going to guard the best man on the court. That's what I think at least at least tonight against the Clippers has been really refreshing to see because I think that that has been Dylan for us up until now, and it just doesn't. As much as I just bash Dylan, I I do appreciate his willingness to go up against the best the best offensive player, and and guard them and come out with that intensity. But there's just there's just a level of gambling and a level, Honestly, it just doesn't ever really seem to fit to me as like that being what his true, um, assignment should be on the court. Whereas justice immediately just, I guess you could say his maturity and his comfortability in guarding some of the top players on the court. I'm just, I can't really call out specifics, but just the way that even he's guarding Kawhi and Paul George tonight and is getting in their face is giving me a a little bit of a vision and a picture for how he could fit, and, and where we uh, – honestly, I don't think we need him to be super uh, – like to contribute a lot on the offensive side of things a ton when we're super healthy.
1: Because there – I mean, when you're playing defense, I think the problem for Dylan is that he has the aggressiveness required and he has the tenacity. He just doesn't have the discipline. And I feel like with Justice, you have a combination of both. Like he is physically capable of guarding those wing players who are – uh Right now, kind of, that's the that's the player you need if you're going to go far in the playoffs. And uh, Justice is up for the task, but he's also disciplined enough to know when not to bite on a Demar Derozan fake, you know, or some some other uh, like Kawhi too. I mean, you got you've got a, elite offensive talents that we're playing against, and it's nice also. A lineup that we've seen already in the first half that I really liked against the Clippers was Jaw, and then you had Kyle and Justice there with Grayson as the shooter and JV down low. So you have Kyle and Justice to guard PG and Kawhi. I really like that, um, and it takes the pressure too off of off of Kawhi, or sorry, off of Kyle, and it also takes the pressure off of Taylor Jenkins to not have to figure out uh, who to put your elite defender on. Instead, you have two now.
0: So. But that lineup, not only does it feel like we've got some really interesting options defensively in terms of how we can guard um, you know, the guard positions with, with, with those defenders, particularly with Justice and Kyle, there's also just a, a flow on the offensive side that's just different. Mm-hmm. W- replacing Justice with Dylan, even though Justice isn't the type of outside threat that Dylan is, and honestly – I just, justice's shot looks worse than just rust to me, there's, there's a different, it's almost like there's rust and there's sort of a, a confidence level right now to where he seems to be pausing a little bit or unsure if he should even take the shot. And I don't know if that's true. That could just be sort of his motion. And I just haven't paid attention that much. And I just, I'm hoping that there, that that can be quickly removed. Even if the, um, the performance doesn't change. I want him to feel confident in his ability to come across a pick and hit, you know, a free throw level shot and and knock it down. Um, he did have a couple moves to the to the hoop from a from a drive perspective that I thought looked really smooth, even though he didn't didn't finish.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. For us to be like really good, he has to be some form of an offensive threat. He doesn't have to be like a just superstar on the offensive end but he's got to be able to hit an open shot and maybe even take advantage of a mismatch get to the paint um, be physical which he did that a few times we kind of got him the ball against Phoenix when he was struggling with his outside shot Jenkins drew up a play where basically he got it like at the elbow jab stepped, Jay Crowder spun around him with the layup and like really smooth doing it I think his shooting stroke looks bad um, right now but also I, I kind of looked at his just career stats today um, and this is definitely an outlier. Like, he's never been this bad, right? He's never been great, but he's never been this bad. So, I just kind of wanted to read off um, a few of his last healthiest seasons. So, 2017, 18, and 18, and 19. Those two seasons, he played 68 games in 17, 18, 66 games in 18, 19. Um, decently healthy. That's the healthiest, his two healthiest seasons outside of his rookie year. His shooting splits were basically 42, 43% from the field, 38, 37.5% from three, which is pretty solid, right? And around um, 63, 63% from the free throw line, which isn't great. Averaged about eight points, 12 points. So basically, if you're looking at him a little bit north of 40% from the field, a right around, let's say, 35% from three, I would call that a, a decent offensive player to play off of these other guys with the role that he'll have on the team so I'm sure that will jump back to normal um maybe not even this year but next year after getting a full you know two to three months under his belt getting a little bit more comfortable playing with this he's never played with any of these guys before it just takes some time I think
1: yeah I mean all good points I think it's all about expectations versus reality and I uh, frankly the amount of time that you're waiting for a player to come and play for your team uh, is only going to heighten expectations and that probably isn't 100% fair to the player and so I think I'm not in the camp of freak out now uh, I think I at least want to see him play in for you know, 10 games before I want to make any true conclusions. I love seeing him playing well in this first half against the Clippers. And yet you look at the box score, 0.0 assists, two rebounds, but I feel like he's affecting the game still. So I'd much rather have, you know, I I would encourage everybody. Don't just look at the box score. Don't just look at the stats. Actually watch the game. Take a look at the little things he does uh, that don't show up. And I think that's the true test of what justice Winslow is going to bring. Um, the other player that we need to talk about is, is John ja Morant, and uh, he's he's been struggling. Uh, a lot of defenders have just started to go under the screen, have dared Ja to shoot, and so far he's shooting under thirty percent from three, and it's it's presenting a real issue, I think. Uh, and it, whether whether or not it's affecting uh, the outcome of games right now. Is uh, an item of debate, but but I'm more concerned about long term what that's going to do. Um, not only to his mindset, but also to the more more data you have on Jaw not hitting when you go under screens, the more people are going to do it, which is only going to you know I'm nervous. It's going to psych him out. It's going to it's going to be it's going to be an adjustment that he has to make until he actually starts hitting these jumpers. What have y'all seen from Ja? Do you do you are you concerned at all about it? Um what's what's the general um feeling about Ja Morant right now?
0: Is it is it for Grizz fans, is it responsible to compare his shooting woes at least to the shooting woes that we experienced with Conley early on in his career? Because like not to say that Josh is going to develop into like exactly the 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 threat that Conley has become, but it took a while for Conley to get there, and every season you gradually started to see improvement. I think what maybe is a little surprising, at least for us, is that you know last year Josh seemed to shoot a little bit better from the outside than I don't have his year over year stats, but he definitely was. Yeah, and. And, and so a regression maybe is what's difficult and maybe this was a little bit more true to form and there is, we should hope to see improvement each year moving forward. It's got to be the thing that he develops. I mean, everything else in the paint is so natural to him that this is the thing that will really start to set him apart. Even if it's like a, it doesn't have to be a
1: three necessarily to me. Like if you can just hit a couple of elbow jumpers just to have them respect it. Jock can do more with an inch than a lot of players can do with a foot. So, like, I think I'm not worried about his ability to adapt, but I do think you have to have, like, it doesn't have to be 40%, but I'd at least like it to be mid-30s to be respect. And it doesn't have to be a high volume either. Again, yeah. it's just if he can make the one of the first two that he shoots, that's huge because then you have to respect it.
2: Yeah, I think I think so too. And again, this is all like next next level jaw, right? Like we we pro, it's hard to not project, or it's hard to like currently watch this team and want everything to be like at our best right now. Like we kind of like when I'm watching the Grizz, like I want Jaw to be fully developed. I want Jaren to be fully developed. I want our team to be fully developed. And that's just they're both 21. That's just not the case, like. Development is going to take some time. And to Brantley's point, he's – so I looked up just the last six games. Um, he's shooting 5% from three. 5%. <laughs> That's
0: not good, right? He's still
2: <laughs> averaging 20 and 8. Like, so I think he's already impacting the game in a positive way right now without a without a three-point shot. And I, de- to Will's point, I definitely think projecting forward – like for him to be his best, he's gonna have to be able to hit. Yeah, like even a low thirty, mid thirty, like you said, will percentage from three, not like off the dribble or anything crazy, but like right. if a just a team is blatantly going under the screen. And he did that last year, right? Like mm-hmm. Brantley was saying. Like early shot clock, um, just just like make an him easy pay. pull up three, or right. yeah. And and he's so back to your point, Will, of like, is it concerning? I would say no because um, he is 21 and he's already really good at a few things, right? Like if you look for players and whether they're going to stick in the league, whether they're going to be really good in the league, like every guy usually has one thing that they can kind of hang their hat on, right? Jaw to me has a few: a his paints in the point, his finishing ability, and his Points creation. In
1: paint. <laughs> his paints in the point, I love it. What did <laughs> I say? He said paints in the point. I just love it. <laughs> Sorry. <This laughs> Go ranch, ahead. This ranch watch interrupted has you me right now. You're um, welcome.
2: I love it. Points in the paint. Yeah, he's just really good at getting to the rim and creating and finishing. And I think that can be a really hard skill to learn as well, right? And he already has that in his bag. Mm-hmm. So I think projecting him being 24, 25, 26 years old, I would be shocked if he didn't develop some form of a three.
0: Yeah. And I, I think the, the – I was sort of just making the Mike Conley thing just because it was a – not that it's a similar comp, but that like that type of struggle – is, will just resonate. I think, yeah, and people fans. wanted to like give up on Mike yeah. for
2: like year. I mean, I'm not saying no one wants to give up on Ja, but...
0: And, but yeah, and the, and the the difference is that Ja's athleticism allows him to still have such an impact on the game, whereas Conley, his athleticism was a different type of athleticism. It was like quickness right. off the ball and being able to get him with his dribble, but he wasn't able to sky over people. Or even the fear of skying over people is what also helps Ja do what he does. Absolutely. Um, all right, so I want
1: to I want to throw something at you guys that I worked on a little bit earlier today.
0: Well, I'm, I'm excited, and it's
1: going to segue into our next point. Okay, and just a preview of our next point. I want to talk about the rotation, um, and because there's some decisions that are going to have to be made. Not everybody can play as much as they've been playing, uh, and I want to outline this point because I think that a lot of Fans are in a position to where we're questioning. I'm including us. We're questioning what this season can be. And there isn't a definitive answer to me right now. Because we have nights like tonight where the Grizzlies are now in the middle of the third quarter and are up by 12 against the Los Angeles Clippers who are playing their star players. So it's just inconsistent. But what I did... Um, is I wanted to see truly what, um, what percentage of our full strength have we had every night throughout this season so far. And the way I did it is obviously not every player contributes the same amount to winning or the same amount to the game. There's players that are more important to winning than others. And so I, I divided a percentage, they have a stat called win shares, which are an advanced statistic, but essentially if you get a win, they div- it's one win is, is the unit of one and they divide that that one into um, like decimals. and they divide you know based on how you played and all these different statistics they can they can divvy out you know how much you contributed to the win. And, and everybody on your team, when you add those decimals up, they add up to one. Um, I did the same thing, except it's a, I did it myself. Um, and, and let me know if you disagree with these percentages. I basically divided our team's win shares into a percentage that add up to a hundred. Okay. So let me run through this, and then I'll go through. We can adjust, too. We can agree to adjust a few of these if we want, but then I want us to at least look across all of these games that we've played and see how shorthanded we are. Um, John ja Morant, I said 19% out of 100. He's at the top. Jaron, I would put at 15%. He's second. Jonas, I have at 10%. Justice is at 9 and this is... This is as the roster is currently constructed. I'm not saying he is right now, but I'm saying if you just the guys on the page, the guys who we've uh prioritized in the roster, nine percent. Kyle is at eight, Tyus is at seven, Dylan is also at seven, DeAnthony, BC, Desmond Bain, and Grayson Allen, I have it all at five. Xavier Tillman at three percent, Gorgie Jang, I have at two percent, and then Conchard, McDermott, Tilly, and Jonte are actually at zero. Like regardless of how they play, they're not going to really affect winning very much. And that adds up to a hundred percent. Um, I know without the actual spreadsheet in front of you, it's hard to actually like probably add to the conversation, but what do y'all think about that breakdown? Anything stick stuck out? What was the been- drop
0: off between John ja Jaron? It was 19,
1: 19% and, and 15. Okay. Jaron's at 15. He's second on the team. So let's just operate off of that. Uh, First game against the Spurs. We haven't had Jaron for any of these, so automatically your your percentage of your team that's that's unhealthy goes all the way down to eighty five percent, no matter what, because Jaron's out for all these games. Justice was out until, you know, a couple a few games ago, so that goes down by another nine percent. So without the first night, we didn't have Jaron, we didn't have Justice, we didn't have Tillman, so we were at seventy three percent. Now, if you look across the games. That was actually the highest apart from this Mavericks game that Justice played in. That was the highest amount that we had throughout the season. Against the Hawks, our second game, we were down at sixty eight percent because we were missing Melton. Nets and went down to fifty nine percent because Jaw got hurt for a half. And then once Jaw went out, we went out to having we went down to having fifty percent strength or less throughout the next Six or seven games. We went back up against the Sixers. All that to say, I went across the average strength at which we have been playing this season is 63%. 63%. We are a 500-basketball team playing at 63%, and I will tell you right now that 9 out of 10 teams that we played throughout this stretch were not at 63%. They were at much higher. They were not missing one of their two best players every single time. And uh, all that to say, we have not played with our four highest win share players on the floor yet. So, Gris fans, all that to say, don't freak out. Um, we are not watching a full basketball team right now, and yet we are still um, right on the fringes of the playoffs in the Western Conference.
0: So then if, if we get back to fuller, closer to full strength after the, after the, the All-Star game, Will, are you saying that you are forecasting us to move up into the playoff spot, into the eighth seed? I'm just saying that you
1: give yourself a much better chance to win every single night. And right now we're playing 500 basketball uh, with at 63%. So I'm just saying, like, it's not out of the question. However, uh, the layoff will give other teams the same amount of rest. So who's to say that they don't have the same advantage? And and thus that raises the level across the board. But anyway, I just thought that was an interesting exercise. I wanted to put numbers to it to just see how shorthanded we are because it's easy to get depressed. <laughs> um, but all that, with that said, let's move into talking about the rotation. Wow, that was an incredible value. <laughs> uh, just saw the replay. I was you to look up. <laughs> all right, so we have really um, eleven guys in our rotation right now. And if you want to be effective and and play guys uh, a decent amount, you're going to probably have to limit that to nine or ten
0: for the regular season or we regular playoffs. We're
1: talking the regular season. Okay. Who are the guys that you would say are on the fringes right now?
0: You go, Ty. I've answered this before.
2: I think it's yeah. I think it's really so. Jenkins basically said to start the season, we're gonna. It's gonna be a ten man rotation. Like he's gonna play ten players. Um, I doubt he goes. He may go to nine, but I doubt he goes to eleven. This is like per game, right? So tonight, D was the one. He was the odd man out. I think there's three guys to look for because I think they all play the same position. Um. I think Grayson, Desmond, and D'Anthony are kind of the three guys that I would say would be potentially odd man out. Um, but then you have Jaron coming back after the All-Star break, and then that makes Tillman probably, you mm-hmm. would think, the next guy that would be out too, right? Right. Um, so I think it's honestly going to be different every game. Like, it wouldn't shock. So, like, obviously DeAnthony's getting a DNP tonight. Tomorrow night, it may be Desmond. The next night, I doubt it's Grayson because he started tonight, and I think we really value his shooting. Um, So I think it's going to be a different guy every night, but I think the three to four guys are those four that I mentioned, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe on a night-to-night basis. Um, But I do know that Jenkins will play ten guys pretty much every game remaining. I highly doubt you see a guy like Ja, for instance, go 35, 36 minutes a night. That's not going to happen. He's probably going to play his 30-32 to 32 and kind of cap it there, um, especially in the second half of the schedule because, like we kind of talked about before the pod, I'm sure you all have seen the schedule. We may go over it in a second, but we it's a zoo. Mm-hmm. We play basically every night. We play 40 games in 68 days, which is just insane. So I think the rotation is going to be 10-man pretty much this season. I think it could change every night.
1: I think Conchar is probably, probably out. <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, why were you giggling? Probably goes without
1: saying. Uh, I think
2: Gorgie's out, too.
1: I think Gorgie is also out unless there's an injury in the front court. Our front court is pretty much established. Uh, I think you have a very clear pecking order. But the the traffic jam, which we knew going into the season, is at the two. And with Justin's coming back, he's a kind of a combo. He can play... He won't play the two as much as he will, the three and the four, but you could theoretically slot him in there if you needed to. So, yeah, I don't know. I am I tend to fall in the camp of... Uh, I would probably rank PT, uh, Bain, and then Melton, and then Grayson. But at the same time, Grayson is starting, and... He has played really well, for instance, tonight. And when his shot is going, he is an absolute um, must-play. So it's difficult, but I I don't I don't know right now whether it's a luxury
0: or whether it's it's a handicap. Yeah, Grayson, I just keep going back to like his bubble performance. I just felt like he he really proved himself to me in the bubble like in a way that i was very surprised by um and how he stepped up and melton really let me down and i've just been thinking about that a lot lately and wondering like what is the sort of long-term trajectory like i like that i kind of like that we have the flexibility tie that you're talking about but at the same time there's that it's not necessarily a conceivable way to maintain a roster construction when we get into the moments where we're like having to really spend a lot more on our stars. So that's where I just wonder at some point, a decision is going to have to be made somewhere. And it feels like to me that there's a, like, I don't know. It feels like to me that Melton could be one of those that we make a decision on regardless of how great, his position as in his salary that's the know. thing it's it's it's
1: it's interesting to talk about because of the investment that was just made to him in this past off season now whether that was a retain the asset, retain play, the asset play. or whether it was we see this guy in our long- term future you yeah. know that's that's what the front office knows and we don't but i do think it's it's a it's a, Like you said, it is a decision, and at some point, it's going to come to a head. However, we, I think it is a luxury right now, but it will very soon not be.
2: Yeah, and I think this, and like the Grizz front office, before the season even started, they called this, what, a, a data accumulation year, right? So I think both of y'all's point spot on, that like, we can't keep having 11 rotation guys. It just like no, no really good NBA team works that way. You need eight guys. That you can depend on when it comes to playoffs. Yeah, we're not there right now, right? And I think this year and maybe even next is trying to figure out if we have that eight and what we need to do about getting that eight. And Chris Harrington, who's a writer for Daily Memphian, has said several times, at some point we're going to have to package these young two guards like we have into like into something like more like whether that's a better player, just one better player, packaging several like consolidation consolidating players into one upgrade or something. like I don't know when that would happen. I don't think it's coming this year, maybe not even next. Uh, but, yeah, at some point that's going to have to happen. But I think right now we're just kind of – and we kind of talked about this earlier. We're just throwing stuff against the wall and see what
0: sticks. The other thing that we haven't talked about, we're talking about sort of like those you know, two-ish guard rotation players. And one thing that has happened on Griss socials over the past couple of weeks – that we talked about a little bit in our last podcast was around the backup point guard position and how how much of a luxury Tyus is to Ja right now because he's helping keep his minutes in play and we don't – he's invaluable to this 10-man rotation. But, you know, there's lots of folks saying, like, hey, you know, name me Chris Paul's backup with the Suns. Campaign. Okay. We get, who's Darian Fox's backup? Uh, Corey Joseph. Damn, this is just going to be a fun trivia night. Well,
2: that like campaigns on like a minimum deal, like right, right. right. Tyus is on like the mid level; he's getting paid yeah. like nine million a year. So yeah, your point the, is still valid. The though. point
0: is, is like, do like eventually we're not going to be able to keep that roster spot as one where we just have this like invested in position.
1: Yeah, I, I. I saw that too. I tend to disagree. Um, I think that three a, th- a point guard depth chart that is three deep is absolutely a luxury, and one that you don't need. I think having jaw insurance, given his um, the way that he leverages his athleticism to a point where it's sometimes scary when he comes back down, is going to be more valuable than a team that has a Chris Paul because Paul, while he does have a injury history, he also does not necessarily play above the rim and you're not as concerned with him. And so I think Ty is at a mid level. Russ has the track record of having the usage of an unprecedented, uh, Extent and I think that it has not worked in his team's favor. So he he,
0: but every team. I talk about usage though, but he plays that way, and they jaw is going to be paid that way. That's fine, and I think
1: that if you have to eventually downgrade, you can. Like I think, but for right now, I am not interested in in any Tyus offers. I think he is on a very fair deal that runs through the rookie contract of John Morant. And so I don't really, I'm not interested in entertaining anything because we saw in the bubble what happens to this team when Tyus is gone. Like I, we've seen it. We don't have to test it. That's that's my only thing. If we want to down the line, like get a second round, um, like for instance, from Michigan State, Cassius Winston was would have been a perfect, you know, making 1.2 a year to back up John Morant. He's a veteran because he's played four years in college. Like, that's a perfect guy to, to slot in to a backup role. Um, and you can have other guys fill in spot minutes like Kyle Anderson, but we've seen what it looks like without, and that's my point. Um, Ty, did you have anything on that? Or?
2: No, I think, yeah. I mean, you both made good points for sure. I get though, like, if Ja's going to be playing 40 minutes in a playoff game, like, you got to fill the other eight, and they can't just be – huge negatives but they can almost be zeros you know what i mean Uh, but we're not there yet to will's point like that's that's several years down the road um so yeah i don't it's it's also interesting because we have other guys who can in theory even though they're not backup point guards can kind of play that role um if you look at like kyle and i think justice you know a lot of people have called him like the point the point forward, like you did in Miami, like can kind of run your offense a little bit. Kyle can kind of run your offense a little bit. So maybe we could patchwork it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we're there right now. All right, let's move to
1: the schedule. Um, let's just spend a few minutes here. Like Ty alluded to earlier, it is brutal for the brutal. Grizzlies. Brutal. And it's because of the COVID absence that we had earlier in the season. We're having to make up, I think it was six games on top of the second half that – Everybody else is playing. Um, Ty just stood up because Winslow almost hit a three. Almost um, meaning it hit the rim. <laughs> being nice. Uh,
2: <laughs> the sick closest it's been.
1: <laughs> it's true. All right, so one of the, the biggest thing that stood out to me, and it was pointed out by lots, lots of people, um, is the Grizzlies do not have more than one night between a game, between now and the end of the season. <laughs> Which is crazy in an NBA season where you have, how how many games left, 40? 40,
2: 40 games seen? in 68 days. Ugh. So, 11 back-to-backs. We have another four games in five nights to end the season. We end the season on a four-game in five nights. We also have a seven-game road trip, which is the longest in franchise Memphis right. franchise history. And we play those seven games, I think, in eleven days.
1: <laughs> so just scanning through the schedule, two you know three against the jazz, three against the trailblazers, and those are all within a week. We play each of them three times in a week uh and that's the the trailblazers are part of that road trip uh that includes games against the bucks, nuggets, and Clippers, and uh, nuggets again. <laughs> Uh, That's going to be the stretch. So mark your calendars for uh, the back half of April um, (laughs) if you need time to spend with your family instead of the Grizzlies. And then we end the season actually um, in a semi-realistic stretch to if we need to get some wins, we play starting on April 30th through the end of the season, which ends on May 16th. Two against the Magic, then the Knicks, Timberwolves, and Pistons. That's a five-game stretch right there. Mm. That's 5-0. and o. Am I right? Then we have... We're going 5-35. <laughs> then we have another five games that are really six that are kind of bubble games. It's Raptors, Pelicans, Mavericks, two against the Kings and the Warriors. So truly, the last 11 games are going to be really interesting because if we're in the hunt, I think the Grizzden pod is going to talk themselves into... Uh, a run at the play in tournament. Oh we uh, are.
0: Is that an official stance? I'm not sure I can. Stand I, I'm just that. saying, I'm just saying, know, maybe, that. I'm just saying maybe.
1: I'm just saying maybe. if we're in a position to where we can do that. But at the same time, <clears throat> on the other side, the devil's advocate argument would be could there be a better blueprint for tanking?
0: <laughs> Compu-
1: <laughs> we have we have a built-in excuse from an organizational standpoint. <laughs> We have the depth to where we're trying to throw things at the wall, so you have that excuse. If Jenkins can basically explain any lineup he wants by you know data accumulation, but I mean, I think we. What do you think? I
2: think we're just too good. Like I think our depth is too good. I think we like even our like we're struggling to figure out who our ten guys are out of eleven. Like a lot of teams don't have that problem. Even the guys that like are DNP's are still, like, probably quality rotation players on most teams. So I don't think we're bad enough to tank, but I don't think we're good enough to survive that stretch with a clear eight seed. Mm. Um, I think we could be flirting with the play-in for sure. But I think if all of our guys play normal minutes, which maybe they won't, I don't really know, um, I think we're just kind of too good to, like, tank, especially since we're – if we win tonight, which there's definitely no guarantee, even though we're up by a decent bit um, – we would be back to 500 ball, and there's a lot of teams out there that are like not even to double digit wins yet. So we're, I think we're just significantly above them. And I think it would take like a pretty hard tank. And there's so, only one team that double is digit. it. Just one?
0: I'm sorry, you're mm, I two Minnesota, Minnesota and Detroit.
2: Detroit. Is that it? Cleveland's got like 10 or something yeah. like that.
1: Can I can I throw something at y'all real quick? Let's do it. When you think about. Two teams that we've played recently and got worked by, the Pelicans and the Mavericks. When we think about those teams, we think about them being a tier above, right? Like clearly, yeah. Their Mavericks are fifteen and fifteen. The Pelicans are fourteen and seventeen. Like that's what we're dealing with here. So I think even if, like, to your point, Ty, average ball is still going to be competitive this year. It seems so.
2: And with Jaron coming back, like right. we haven't even mentioned that. And that I heard someone else talk about this too, so I won't take credit for it. But like, if Jaron does come back after the All Star break, and we like lose ten in a row with like our full roster, like that's probably not going to be a good look. Like, I don't really want that to happen, right? Exactly. Um, I want like when Jaron comes back and we have our full roster, I want guys to be playing together um, and looking good together. Because if they don't, then we're going to have to kind of reevaluate where to go from here kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think – I'm not saying I don't want us to look good, but I also think that to expect wins against the, the best team in the NBA right now and a team like Portland who's going to be vying for Western Conference seating, We match up well against Portland, so it wouldn't surprise me if we took one or two of three against them personally. Just – and I also think there could be something in it. You know, for the team, going, and CJ McCollum might not be back. CJ's not going to be back. Killer so, like, certified. yeah, I mean, they're they're it, if Dame puts up seventy three games in a row, which is highly probable, then maybe it happens. But um, I don't know. It's also just like we're going up against. I'm saying this as we're beating the Clippers, who's like the, yeah, s- the second best vibes. team. You know, it's like I it just it just would surprise me, but maybe it, maybe I'm I'm gonna be pleasantly surprised. I just need to stop thinking that we need to try to get another stud. Yeah,
1: and who knows we we could still get another stud, um, but it does increase likelihood. Obviously, the closer you are to the top of the draft. Um, all right, um, let's finish out by getting to some segments. We have we have a number of these to get to. Uh, all are very fun we'll
0: and new. We yeah, have a new segment. We,
1: we have a we have a few new segments actually. <laughs> uh, we'll start out with an oldie but a goodie: the Grizz history moment, guys. On this date two years ago, only two years ago, we had a very memorable win against LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers. And what I wanted to do very quickly for all of our humor is to go through each of these rosters. Keep in mind. This was two years ago. This was February 25th, 2019, okay? I'll start with the Lakers roster. LeBron James, Reggie Bullock, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, JaVale McGee, KCP, Tyson Chandler, Rajon Rondo, Mike Mascala, Josh Hart, and Lance Stevenson. How about that? Great Grizz. Grizzlies. I can honestly say... I do not remember this group playing together. Okay? Justin Holiday, Avery Bradley, Mike Conley, I Jonas Valanciunas, Ivan Rabb, Bruno Caboclo, DeLon Wright, Joakim Noah, Chandler Parsons, and Julian Washburn, <laughs> and riding the bench, Tyler Dorsey, Javon Carter, and CJ Miles. We won that game? We won that game. It was Joakim Noah's birthday. He had 14 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists, and screamed... Every other play. It was fantastic. He had at the to end the game, uh, he took a charge against LeBron James and it was just gorgeous. Um yeah, Jonas had twenty and thirteen. Mike uh had thirty points on fifty eight percent shooting from the field and fifty percent shooting from three. Uh it was truly just a really fun game. So that was two years ago today. And uh, about a year ago today, this is a special Grizz Den history moment. We launched our official merch store and had the uh, opening event at Crosstown Concourse. That memory came across the gram the other day. Man. That was a full year ago when things were normal.
0: Before this virus thing. We had
1: a gathering of humans.
0: And what we... is it? what is a gathering? <laughs> I have,
1: I don't know what that word means. So that was a year ago. And that's just a, a great reminder to head on over to our store grisden.com. dot com. We've got some joggle shirts there that have your names on them. Okay. All right. Brantley, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I'm gonna give the floor to you to talk about the new craze that's taking over. Uh we're going to the moon with this. Go for it.
0: So this is just going to be the Top Shot update of the week. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so just a little bit of a background. Uh, Top Shot is this blockchain partnership, basically, that is created between the NBA, the NBAPA, and some dorks on the internet.com. Yep. And if you don't know what blockchain is, basically, it's a really fancy general ledger for the internet. Right. Let me just basically summarize it that way for you. And- What this site is, is a marketplace to buy video assets of highlights of players, and you buy them like you would buy a card, and then you can auction them on the internet on this website and make monies off of them. So today I bought my first Ja Morant video asset. It is a common card. Uh, it is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say how much I paid on it and because my wife may listen to this and <laughs> she, she's not a loyal listener, but in chance that she does, um, Smart. and, uh, it's, it's his dunk, um, from an alley feed from Kyle Anderson. And, uh, yeah, this is something that my brother and I, um, Shout out Andrew, who by the way got really mad at me for not giving him love for his um, mailbag question that we talked a lot about. Actually, <laughs> oh, we did not. I, I noticed that we. This is
1: on me. It was I the trade block I, one. Right, I meant to be sure and mention names along with every yeah. question, and we got about seventy percent of them. So if you did not hear your name in the last episode, I just genuinely apologize. We'll make sure. I that. want to
2: apologize to the guy who asked the question about Oladipo versus Levine. I sounded like a jerk, and I think Oladipo is a great player, and that was a great idea. So Ty, you were hard on
0: yourself after <laughs> the last. Podcast. I hope we didn't lose a listener. We're gonna have like I was. I'm 170 sorry. listens this week instead of 171.
1: Shout out Wyatt. That was who asked the question. We love Ty. Apologize. I
0: do.
2: And I do. Firmly apologize.
0: Anyway, so that's my that th- this is basically me saying that we're just we're getting into the top shot game. Andrew has a knack for these types of things. The reason why he and I love this stuff is we used to, like, build. If you've ever played Madden, you can, like, build your team. Let's call it a Madden Ultimate Team. And the way you do this is by opening packs of cards. And, like, we would find ways basically just scavenging around Reddit to like find budget players and then sell them for more later and like never we would spend money, but we wouldn't spend that much money to basically get a 99 overall team and then be able to compete against all these bros. And Andrew is way too good at, internet football (laughs) (laughs) gaming football he was like ranked top five in ncaa in the last ncaa online version at one point in time it was something crazy i would come home from college and all he would do is it, this is this weird <laughs> rant on Andrew. Story time. Story time. It's like I parent it. court. Davidson We're not cutting corner. any of this. Anyway, so he and I decided to go in on a partnership today, and uh, we'll be continuing to update you. If you have interest, actually, into joining our Top Shot community, um, shoot me a DM on our gram because hey, I'll. know. Um, tweet, tweet us. Tweet us back on uh, at Grisden Yeah, mention <laughs> mentions. I'm so glad, Ty, that you know what that is. How Direct do you message. how do you mention someone on Twitter? You you add them or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is fantastic. So we have a John Morant asset.
0: We also Andrew owns a J- Jaron Jackson Jr. asset, Perfect. which is a little bit more rare, and it's his dunk over who is it on on the baseline? Or some the magic player uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, we watched it beforehand I couldn't remember. How
1: much it. do they pay you to take a Dylan asset?
0: Um Dylan, some Dylan assets are some of the cheapest <laughs> Grizzlies players out there. Um, there are Josh Jackson assets that are more expensive than Dylan assets. We had to get our shot in.
2: I want the Kyle Anderson slow mo euro. Just I don't even want him making a basket. I just want the process of the
0: euro. Just the slow mo. Yeah. Do, okay. they have, do they have any, real speed? Of course. Do but, they have
1: but, anyway. any Marco Guterich? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's going to be our Top Shot update. We also have another activity.
0: I'm really excited about this one.
1: This is going to be really fun, um, and we're going to keep track of this. So essentially, we're going to call it Bet of the Week, and while we will not have podcasts necessarily every week, we will still call it Bet of the Week. And what we're going to do is we're going to pretend like each of us have a hypothetical $100 um bet to make each time we get together on the podcast. And what we're going to do is we are going to put that bet down on one NBA future per, per episode. So that can be an NBA future, if you're not familiar, is essentially saying uh, all these sport books, sports books have odds on you know who is going to ultimately win the championship, who's going to win divisions, who's going to be MVP, um, I'm pretty sure you can even find like conference winners. There's also odds on who, if a team is going to make the playoffs or not. And so we are looking at the FanDuel odds at the time of recording. And we're going to each essentially build a port- portfolio of sorts. And once the season ends and the playoffs are finished, MVP is crowned, we will see... At the end of all of this, who wins this little contest within the Grizzden pod? And so um, we have each brought one bet that we're going to be making on the podcast, and we are going to start with Brantley. Brantley, what is your bet of the week?
0: Before we do this, can I just like also brag to the whole Grizzden community that? I got in on LeBron James odds at plus eleven hundred to win the MVP. Yeah. At the beginning of the season. He was like eighth on the list. I put twenty five bucks down um to win and I'm gonna win two seventy five. And he's now the leading person. So I just feel really great about that. It's just, gone
1: down from eleven plus eleven hundred to like plus one seventy five or
0: something, right? right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good bet. Thanks. I appreciate I just wanted to feel good. That means that everything I'm about to say is gonna come true. So y'all should y'all should <laughs> bet. This this is this is investing advice, is what I'm about to tell right. you. Yeah. So this future that I'm coming in at is a team to make the playoffs. Okay. Um the odds are plus three thirty, which means if you put a hundred down, you stand to chance to win three hundred and thirty bucks. And I that is um, the Washington Wizards for me. Wow! Justice wow. just caught a, a, an oop and dunked it in the open court, and ties. Moving his hips around, so here's can I can I make the case for this really Please, quickly? Make the case. So they're like seven of their last eight. Uh, the the Grizz are just rolling yeah. on the clips. Whoop whoop that clip. Whoop that clip! I love beating the Clippers. Whoop that trick! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whoop that clip! Yeah, but whoop the clip! I mean, but beating the Clippers just right. at home That's in right. the in the grindhouse that was man. The best. It's just oh, it's just a thing.
1: It's so good to see
0: Justice <coughs> playing well. It's Awesome. Okay, so current current standings in the East, really quickly. Right now, it goes it's. Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Indiana, Toronto, Chicago, Charlotte, Miami, Boston, Knicks, Atlanta, Magic, Washington. Okay. okay. Washington is 13th. They started off, like, horribly, They but they really have won, I think, seven of their last eight, so they're 11 and 18 right now, and Miami, who's in the eighth spot, is 15 and 17. Chicago, who's in the sixth spot, is 15 and 16. Okay. So, I think that Chicago and the Knicks and maybe even Charlotte are going to fall out. Orlando is going to make a trade and is I don't really expect to be in high competition and we all know the Hawks are trash. Amen. So, I think that the Wiz have a chance assuming that they don't trade Beal, which I don't really think that that's going to happen in the middle of this season to sneak in and grab that 8th spot. Um Assuming that some of those teams like Chicago and the Knicks come back down to Earth, um, and potentially Charlotte, who's been playing well, but I really think that the Wiz could be better than Charlotte in head to head matchups. I like that a lot.
1: Really? Wow. Yeah, they're three, three games
0: they're three
2: games not only out of the eight seed, they're also three games out of the five C. I don't know if you mentioned that, which is crazy. I did not.
0: Thank you for making my bet seem yeah. even stronger.
2: So Toronto is 16-17, six games back from Philly, and Toronto's in the five spot. And then the Wiz are only three games behind them, which is crazy.
0: And I did bet one whole dollar in my FanDuel sportsbook a real application buck. with the real chance to win a real $3.30. <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. I'm going to do the same, Brantley. I'm going to do the same. All right, Ty, What
2: what's yours? Okay, so I looked at the division winners. Um, the Grizz are in the Southwest Division along with Dallas, the Spurs, New Orleans, and Houston. So, the odds to win the division right now is Dallas is favored minus 130. San Antonio is second with plus 260. As the records stand now, San Antonio is leading the division. And New Orleans is third at plus 550. Mm -hmm. The Grizz are plus 800. Um, The Rockets are plus 3,000. So my bet is that New Orleans will win, as much as I hate to say this, the Southwest division this year. Odds are plus 550 currently on FanDuel. So when you look at the standings, Dallas is 10.5 games back from the eight seed. San Antonio is currently in the 6th spot. And then New Orleans is only a game behind Dallas. So New Orleans is 3.5 games back from San Antonio, 1 game back from Dallas. Very much within reach. So one reason I looked in this, I think Dallas is kind of, I don't know what's good. Both teams have kind of underwhelmed, but both are kind of figuring it out. The Point Zion thing is real. Like, New Orleans looks like a different team with him. I think Dallas is actually better when Porzingis doesn't play. I don't know what that looks like in the future. And remember when we talked about 40 games in 68 days? The only other team to play as many games in the second half of the schedule is the Grizz are the Spurs. Mm. So they're in a tough spot as well. They're going to have to play a lot of games. right? You
1: said New Orleans to win the division is plus 550? Plus 550
2: to win the division. So yeah. that's my bet. Because I think they have an actual pretty good shot to do it. I'd have to put more than so, a dollar on that one.
1: Yeah, it's a, that's a pretty good bet. Uh, man, two good ones right Clips out the just gate. just
2: cleared the bench, by the way. Which they is did.
1: Awesome. Um, Whoop that clip. Mine is going to... Dylan, in the face. Oh my gosh!
0: So Suck it, Zubac. <laughs> uh,
1: my bet of the week is pretty simple. Uh, I'm gonna bet Brooklyn at plus three hundred to win the title. Uh, I think plus, that they're plus three hundred to win 300 the title right now.
0: Damn! What are the Lakers
1: plus two eighty? I mean, that's two pretty good bets. Best odds right there? Best odds at plus 280. Those are two incredibly good value bets. However, I like Brooklyn if they're getting a little bit better odds. Um, I just think that Brooklyn and L.A., uh, if there are no injuries, are the two teams that are going to be in the NBA Finals. I don't think that in the East, I'm not sure if Philly is quite there, and I know that Milwaukee isn't there. And um, I think Brooklyn just has too much
0: star power. Make the case for Brooklyn matching up against the Lakers for me real quick.
1: Um, the case is that uh, the, the front court, it's basically front court versus back court. And the simple case is there's three nets in the back court versus two Lakers in the front court. And I like three better than two.
0: Is that math? It's math.
1: Okay. <laughs> Need I say more?
0: Ja just hit a three, by the way, so his percentage is better than hey, 5% now. he's now. <laughs> two
1: for his last 23 or whatever it is. This is a fantastic game to
0: record a pod. This has been super to. fun. This was like the Rockets game last it year. Was. Whenever we were just like, I think we I had like an John emergency like, you pod. Gotta,
2: you got to watch this game. Stop potting and watch this game. We also play the clips tomorrow, and hopefully they sit. Yeah, that would be nice. I kind of want to. That's what sucks. I want to win every game we play, but I don't. At the same time,
1: yeah, that's it's the conundrum we find ourselves in. And like we've said all year, win win, right?
0: I Uh, like your plus three hundred Brooklyn Nets bet.
1: I like all three of these bets. I'll be honest. I do too. There's
2: some good bets. We'll see.
1: All right, uh, hammer nail coffin. Let's finish the podcast right here. What are you guys? Going to be looking for between now and the next time we get together for another podcast.
0: How many more
2: games are left? Five or six, I believe.
1: That is a good question. I'll Uh, pull it out right now. Schedule pulled up. Uh, Let's see. We have one tonight, one tomorrow night. Ooh, that free throw
0: was rough, Justice. And then
1: three more after that. So four games after tonight. And then it's a little bit of a play. We play Houston. We play the Clippers tomorrow, and then we play Houston on the twenty eighth. The Wizards on March second, and the Bucks on March fourth. Mm. Bucks at home. Eight p.m. Man, it's late. Mm. So um, yeah, I think for me, I'll start. I um, I we talked about it a lot in this podcast, but just the rotation is going to be so interesting to see how Taylor Jenkins decides to divide out the minutes specifically at the two guard position. Um, Grayson is obviously playing well. I personally ranked it as far as priority goes, Bain then Melton, then Grayson, but, um, I hope they're all just fantastic. So, That's what I'm going to be watching for. I'm
2: watching, I think me and Will talked about this before, is that when Justice is on the floor, I don't even know what the ball is doing unless he has it. I'm watching him. Me too. Literally 100% of the time while he's on the floor, and I'm probably going to continue to do that. Um, Because even though he's been in an offensive slump and he hasn't looked great offensively, I'm still really excited to watch him play with his team. And he just closed the game and looked like the Justice Winslow for about a six, seven-minute stretch there. That we hoped we would get. So we're starting to see some flashes. Um, that's what I'm looking for.
1: Absolutely. Brantley.
2: Brantley's looking – I can go ahead and tell you what Brantley's looking for. Oh, please. He's looking for just Dylan to put up some great shot selection and play really, really just smart within himself basketball. Right. Pass first.
0: i <clears> I'm <throat> Based on the outcome of this game, this has been the first time – even the wins against the, the sh- crappy Pistons and right. what Thunder, we just didn't feel like ourselves. And I don't – I just mean that from an energy perspective, from an enjoyment perspective. Like, that's what, like, last year we weren't winning every games, but the team was just joyful, I think. And – and even when we lost, it was they were they were joyful on the court this together. This basketball is fun to play. Bas- this basketball is fun to play, as our boy JV friend of the podcast likes to remind us. Buy a shirt. And so, I just I think that that's what I'm looking forward to end. This game looked felt that way, and I I mean obviously it's fun to beat up on the second place LA, or are they third place? I don't know. Whatever they are, they're top in the West. They're pretty good. Third, yep. third, thanks. And. That's what I'm looking for. It's more of a team chemistry thing.
1: I love it. I love it. Positive vibes tonight.
0: I'm so this glad that this game was this way. Who could have been so down in the dumps. Instead, it was awesome.
1: Truly, truly. Um, all right, guys. This has been another edition of the Grizzden Pod. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to, if you like the podcast, head on over to wherever you get podcasts. Rate us preferably 5 stars but if not we understand uh but 5 stars and then give us a quick review um if your review is is uh, witty enough we'll read it on the podcast how about that ooh that would be fun all right leave us a funny review um and let's keep the positive vibes going guys uh we'll talk to y'all probably it'll be during all-star break when there's a little bit of a break we'll do some mid-season awards Uh, we'll have another bet of the week and we'll have a few more games under our belt and we'll have some perspective on the first half of the season so um, we'll see you guys next time.